Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Oh, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? We have, there's all kinds of things going on, but I, I just want to bypass it all just to get this podcast kicked off. Yeah, we're going to have a good time today. Actually, there's nothing going on, which gives us a lot of time to talk today. And we're going to have a fantastic session. If you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing international community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. And uh, as we get started today, just a big shout out to uh, all of our friends in the selling from the heart community. We call it the insiders group. It's been a absolute blast um, sharing uh, both the good and the challenging things together on the insiders group and, and really working through uh, you know, how are we going to navigate this season? There's There are some real challenges out there and having a community to work that out inside has been extremely helpful. Yeah. And it's, you know, I always talk about the two things is communities and connections and a sense of belonging. And, you know, during these crazy uncertain times we've all been through, Daryl, the, the shining light's been the insiders group and seeing how a group of sales professionals have come together and, and just all of a sudden friendships and kinships and the community has been built inside the insiders group. It's amazing. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, definitely do that. Go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and you can learn all about it. Well, we are about to be challenged today, Larry. We've got a fantastic guest, uh, one of my all-time favorite sales authors here. So why don't you uh, introduce our friend and let's get this, let's get this party started. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would encourage our listeners, you're going to probably pause and rewind this a bunch of times, grab a she couple sheets of paper and a pencil, and I'm a little old-fashioned. For those that are a little bit more techy, grab an iPad, take some notes. Thanks, Daryl. Where do I start with Brent Adamson? Um, I've followed Brent forever and a day. I think I've read The Challenger Cell at least five times. I think there's more yellow highlighting on it than black. <laughs> there's so much coffee spilled <laughs> on this book. I mean, it um, is just worn out. So it's interesting. We came, I came out of the Office Technology Channel, and I remember team reading Challenger Sale, group of eight major account guys, and we had to take it chapter by chapter and talk about it every week. So it's just a complete honor to have Brent Adamson on the Selling from the Heart podcast. Brent, welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. You have managed to do what I always do, which is you've now overpromised, and I will I will proceed to underdeliver. And I'm really, <laughs> and really excited <laughs> to be here with you to see if I could disappoint virtually everyone on the call today. But I'm by the way, for for if you guys didn't know this, there is actually an added benefit of the Challenger Sale book, which is if you've got one of those kitchen tables that kind of rocks back and forth a little bit. It's a little, you just tuck one of those books under one of those legs, and I'll tell you, that will solve all the problems. It's nice, even, and uh, there you go. That's where, actually, I keep my copy. Fantastic. Well, that, I mean, multifunctional, that's good right? to know and great yeah, advice. I didn't know that one. <laughs> 
Hey, Brett, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm a little embarrassed to say, honestly, guys, I mean, just all joking aside, I think you, uh, Larry, you've read that book more than I have. I, I mean, I, but, which is, uh, but uh, I think I pretty much remember what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have a 20 question uh, multiple choice yeah. test here today. All right, well, let's do that. Sorry, man. By the, by, something else is we should maybe talk about what people don't fully appreciate, I think, because uh, it's hard to imagine. Um, we first found that research, when we found the findings that, that constitute the, the, the book, that uh, was May 2009. The book mm-hmm. came out in 2011. So that research now is over 10 years old. Isn't that crazy? It's like, I yeah. don't know where the time went, which is not to say, therefore, it's out of date or it's incorrect. It's just, uh, but we can, if you guys would like to talk about what we've learned since then, which has been uh, extensive. And it's... Um, and then now we're getting into all sorts of really interesting questions about how does it apply in today's environment with quarantine and COVID and economic yeah. downturn. Um, uh, and in some ways, it's kind of coming full circle because that, that book was originally born out of the 2008 uh, global financial crisis. Uh, and thinking about in a time, I think, I think we're pretty sure we lay this out in the book, but the idea was, you know, at a time when no one was selling because no one was buying, we still would talk to heads of sales back in 2008 and say, well, what's your, what's your biggest concern or your biggest question? What can we research for you on your behalf? And they say, you know, what's, let me tell you what's really weird. What's really weird is in a time when I got no one selling because no one's buying, I've got this one sales rep who is crushing his or her goal at 130, 140%. What are they doing? What 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 in the world is that? What magical potion are they using to sell? And so that led to I don't know. Let's go see if we can find out. And that led to that journey um, that uh, that took us down that road. And it's the only reason I mention that that is because here we are now, 10, mm-hmm. 11 years on, and it kind of feels like you know deja vu all over again. It's uh, yeah. we're in some ways back into a similar situation. In some ways, very different as well. But um, so we can talk about that as well if you'd like. Hey, Brady, yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I, you know, one of the things I do want to know, Larry, though, because I've got to get this in, because this is always <laughs> in the beginning of every podcast, and yes. you know, my ADD self is not going to like it if we don't ask end. this question. But, it, you know, and Brent, you know the question. I mean, this is something that I've really been looking forward to hearing your perspective on. But w- when you think about the words selling from the heart, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? It's a great question, but I love the um, I love the articulation of it. Um, and I, Larry, this idea of authenticity and knowing your true self, I think, is um, is so critical. Not just for selling. Heck, you could rename the book "Living from the Heart," right? The um, mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, and the, the, the idea that you've turned this into uh, a focus on relationships, I think is critically important. So we'll come back and talk about that because of course I'm, I'm often known as the guy who thinks relationships don't matter, which is inaccurate, but, um, but common. Um, so we can talk about that too, but the, um, <laughs> I know, right? the, uh, <laughs> ask my wife, uh, the, uh, <laughs> geez. uh, but in any case, the, um, selling from the heart, I think Daryl, Oh, there's so much wrapped up in that question. I think it comes down to believing. It, it comes down to this idea of, do you, and it's hard to answer this question. I, have you guys struggled to answer this question without sounding kind of trite or cliche? Because but it's one of these things where it's so important, but we say things like, you got to believe in yourself. It's like, yeah. I can't, it's hard for me to say anything that sounds more cliche possibly than that. But, but I do think it does come down to believing in yourself in your self-worth, that you have something worth not just saying, but you have something worth hearing, that you have something valuable to add to the conversation that would have a benefit to those who are going to hear it. Um, And you truly got to 
believe that because otherwise you're just you're just you're just going through the motions, right? So it's like, and, and I find oftentimes, I, I find this, and, and you think, well, why would you do that then? Well, because I'll tell you why you do that, because you got a family to feed, right? You got to put money on the table because you got to have a job. And if you didn't do this job, you wouldn't know what other job to do because you didn't know what to study in, graduate, in, in, in college and what the major, I mean, it gets deep really fast, right? I mean, like, there's a lot of a lot of identity questions that are tied up into that question of selling from the heart. Who am I? Mm-hmm. What value do I bring to not just selling, but to the world? And so there's got to be, you've got to anchor in that. You've got to understand where you are. So that's one, I think is just this. And that's, I think Larry, it's so interesting. You go to like sort of self-identity, I think, cause it's a critical question, but then you got to believe in the thing you're actually selling too. Like, do that's you believe right. in your heart that the thing that you're selling will actually truly have a positive material impact on that, on the person you're trying to convince to buy it. Um, And I find that in many cases, the difference between a sales professional who is truly effective and, and, and one who's not is, is that, is that they, it's a, it's a visceral thing. It's not a rational thing. Like I believe that this will save you $10,000 of OPEX and that's important, but it's not really important. It's like, it's more like, do you believe, you know, it's like, "Mm," it's, it's one of those. It's like, it's a, it's like, can I get an amen? It's like, you want it because that's what sells you. It's it's one of those, like now I'm all over the map on this. I realize, but if you think about like, you know, that classic question you get, like, I want you to think about the best teacher, the best professor, the best instructor you've ever had in your entire life. And I want you to, in fact, you guys can do this right now. All right. So Daryl, Larry, think about the, whether it's college, high school, go all the way back to grade school. doesn't matter. The best teacher you've ever had. Y'all got one in mind? I do. I, I totally do. I, Mrs. I, Mr. Professor, whatever it might be. All right. Now, if you had to pick one word to describe what made them different, why, why that person? Why are you now centered on that person? What set them apart? What would that word be, Larry? Actually, I, I have to use I have to use the word that you said in the beginning about believe. I'm going to take everyone back to my seventh grade English teacher. Yeah, and I, I share this because I was petrified to speak in front of my class. So back when I was in in middle school in my English class, we had to like write papers. I mean, yeah. no computers, right? It was either hand yeah. or it was on a typewriter. And then we had, it was just one page and we had to stand up in front of the class and read them. And I was always the last person because I'd shrink in my seat. Yeah. Because I was deathly, I was just deathly afraid to speak in front of people. But she goes, hey, I believe that you can do this. And I'm going to encourage you to do it. And I promise you, it's not as bad as you think. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. it's, it's always, it's always something, it's one of two or three things, but I think it's, it's the combination like, if you ask 10 people that, that question, you're going to get 10 different answers, but those 10 answers are going to center around us. Like almost like a nexus yeah. of qualities or characteristics. And I think you put those together and that's what you find is the person who's selling from the art. So often the answer is because he or she just had us passion this deep mm-hmm. belief for what they were, or they, or it's Larry, it's your version, which I like is just as much. And I think it's just important as they instilled in me a belief in myself. They helped change mm-hmm. the, that person changed the way that I think about me. Um, that, and, and, and those, you put those two things together is like selling from the heart is a deep belief in, in, in you and what you're doing and what you're selling or teaching or imparting uh, and then helping fire that passion in someone else 
if in their version of that. So they believe in that and they make it their own and they say, I can do this. I can think differently. I can act differently. I think that's what selling from the heart really means. And, and to the degree that you are, uh, you have, but, but now let's make this superhuman, right? Because not superhuman, like Superman, but superhuman, like, like normal human beings, right? That's like, every one of us wakes up every day, Oh, and this is my projection bias. Hold on, let me back off on that. Um, many of us sometimes wake up every day with a little bit of self-doubt, right? Or, or am I in the right job? Am I, am, I, am I on the right path? Have I made the mm-hmm. right choices? Am I doing the right thing? And all of those things are going to, those are the enemies that you have to struggle against every single day in selling from the heart. Do I believe in me? Do I believe in my product? Do I believe in my company? Um, and 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 you know the, the, if you read any self help books, they'll be like, well, you just you just need to learn to believe. It's like, well, no, sometimes you actually probably need to move on, right? It's, uh, it's sometimes maybe that's just a bad fit. Uh, but but one way or another, I, I think it's that the people who are truly selling from the heart, it's almost like a really amazing. We all know those friends have this amazing marriage. They married. I've got a good friend married his high school sweetheart, and it's just like there's just man, there's something about that relationship that just clicks at this deep level that's what you're looking for but boy is that it's hard to find for the rest of us who don't um oh, i was gonna say don't find that because now it sounds like i'm talking about my marriage i'm not i'm talking about something else but you talk about life and because when you look at things where like why, why don't i have that passion about what i'm selling or why don't i have that passion about my career it's like there must be something wrong with me and so you tend to i think beat yourself up for it um and, and then you read self-help books and say well you just need to find it it's like what the bleep do i how do i do that uh, I, I i so i i can't find it so therefore i must be doing it wrong and so and then you wind up in this death spiral of self-hatred and can you tell i've thought about stuff like this before i don't know <laughs> it's getting really autobiographical gentlemen it's getting dark fast someone hey, save me with a different question but i think selling from the heart is is all about it's about believing but you can't just choose to believe. That's why I, I think that's why I'm like, how do you just right. choose to believe? That's the thing I struggle with. And so sometimes I think it's like you have to go on a journey to find what you believe in and find, uh, find that match. And that's, that sometimes takes a whole career. Hey, I didn't know this was going to, this is going to be Dr. Phil, by the way, Dr. Phil, we're going to bring Dr. Phil. Up. <laughs> that's right. He's coming into this. I told you guys, honestly, by the time this podcast is over, I think you're going to want to charge me for this, right? It's like, but, but Brent, you bring up, some, I, I, I have to put a parking brake on something. That yeah. Brent, stop. Let, stop me here, please. I beg you. <laughs> After listening to what you were saying, though, yeah, talk about belief. So I want to unpack this, and then Daryl, we can cool. expand on this. Because I'd imagine a lot of people out there right now are already thinking, "I thought this was the challenger guy. What is he ranting well, no. about?" Right? But, but, okay, this is going to lead right. This is going to okay. lead right. Okay, all right. It. So save me. Is I, I think there's because you bring up this belief and this and this yeah. self worth. You said it right in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I started to see it as I was writing, selling from the heart is. I saw throughout my sales career that salespeople in general, I'm, I'm just making a general statement. I'm not yeah. saying all, nor are all sales leaders, but I'm just making a, a, a blanket statement on this. Many hide behind the company and they hide behind the product and they hide behind the service and they hide behind all those things. I'm not to say that's not important. That there's an importance in that. Yeah. But, what, but what's happened is then we get all these sales reps who that's who they start to believe they are so that when they do get into a conversation at an executive level with somebody, they don't know what to say or they're intimidated or they come across as being that salesperson. 
So that's why, especially with what we're going through right now, Brent and Daryl is, I, I've, I firmly believe it's those sales reps who really take a look inside of who they are, get reacquainted with who they are, bring the best version of themselves forward. And they go, you know what? I am a sales professional and, and I'm here to help. And I truly want to help stand out. And that's why I just wanted to really key in on what you said, because you talked about belief, you talked about self-worth. And since I geek out on executive level conversation, I see the, I see the light bulbs come on at an executive level when you engage in conversation with them. Yeah. Home, if you understand, yeah. if you get what I'm saying. I do. You know, I, I think, um, I, I think because again, this whole idea of being true to yourself, that, that where I'm at is for what it's worth, because what people don't realize, and there's no reason why they should or could, um, most of what's in the challenger sale, and for that matter, also absolutely in the challenger customer as well, the second book that we wrote about this, um, it's all just autobiographical. It's literally just, I mean, not that anyone ever asked for this, but if you just want to peek inside my brain and kind of know how it works, it's this is how it works, which is I just question everything, right? It's like, and sometimes it's powerful and sometimes it's debilitating. Uh, but the the thing, so to, to sell from the heart, when I'm sitting with a senior executive, a CEO or a head of sales or a head of marketing at a you know, small company, big company, doesn't matter. I, and I'm just kind of, I'm asking tough questions, not because like I'm here to ask you tough questions and challenge you. At the end of the day, it's not really, I'm asking tough questions because I don't know the answers and I want to know, I want to understand things. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it's like, you tell me the sky is blue and I say, are you sure it's blue? I, 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 how do you know? Because not because I doubt you or I want to challenge you because I want to have the certainty that you have. How did, how did you get to the point to be so convinced the sky was blue? I would love to live at that level of certainty. So explain it to me, take me on the journey to believe that the sky is blue and that's where it's like so so for a lot of what a challenger i think a totally different way to think about challenger is not a journey of helping other people understand their world it's a journey of helping you understand your own world right it's like Mm -hmm. help me understand why why do you spend your money this way why did you set up your organization this way i talked to a head of marketing yesterday who's what they've done at their company is crazy fascinating. They've just blown up sales and marketing. They've broken down all their silos and they've completely reorganized their company um, in ways that no one's ever thought of before. And it's like, I just want to like, dude, take me inside your, I didn't say dude, that would have been disrespectful, but it's like, take me inside your head and it just help me understand how that works. And is it because each one of those conversations makes us a little bit smarter. And so every time I quote unquote challenge uh, someone um, and lead to, as opposed to lead with, I look at it as an opportunity, Larry, not to challenge them or to teach them. I look at it as an opportunity to learn, to just to understand my world a little bit better, to say, oh, that's how you think about this. That's how you got there. Okay, Mm -hmm. I get it. That makes sense. I could totally see how you came to that conclusion. But what if, what if the world looked like this? And when I say, what if the world looked like this? I'm not thinking, ooh, I'm going to sell him something. I'm thinking like, no, seriously, what if the world looked like this? It's like, how does that work? Tell me, take me through that. And every once in a while, you, to go on that journey, every once in a while, you have to kind of come to the point. It's like, oh, you know what? You're actually right. It doesn't work like It works like this. I could see where you land. Some, some, sometimes you'll challenge someone and realize they actually are right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that's okay because like, now I walk away from that smarter. So selling from the heart for me personally, now like this thing got really personal today, which I don't know if you guys were anticipating it, sorry, but for me, selling from the heart is going on this journey of just trying to understand the world just a little bit better because the world is freaking confusing and the world is hard and complex. And I don't 
get most of it. And so, so I just like, that's, you know, people sometimes go, well, that's, that's curiosity and you got to hire for curiosity and that's not wrong, but man, it's like this deep visceral passion mm-hmm. or drive of just wanting to understand. So, so, you know, we, we associate the word teaching with challenger all the time. Um, and I, is accurate in some, in a tactical level, but I think the, 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 the selling from the heart level is it's, it's not challenger. It's not about teaching. It's about learning and understanding, um, and now I'm ranting again. Someone asked me, Ben, it's like, I just give me another so, question. No, this, is, this, is, this is so good, Brent. And uh, you took me on this journey back to 10th grade history class with uh, yeah, Mr. Rishka, right? right? And okay. he gave a rip. He was passionate. He was passionate about history. And he said, the world history is summarized by the lean, mean, and starving, taking over the fat, lazy, and different. And indifferent. That's wow. the history of the world. That will stick with you, won't it? History, yeah. right? right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but I think it's very interesting. You asked us about our favorite teacher because yeah. when you look at the challenger, um, yeah. and I want to make a, a broader point here, but yeah. when you look at the challengers, teaching, tailoring, and taking control, right? So there is like, there is that passion. And, and I, I, you know, I sense, I remember that passion. Yeah. my 10th grade history teacher. And I hear, you know, that passion of actually, he gave a rip and he cared about it. And he was, he was hungry to teach, but he, you could tell he was a continual learner. Here's where I want to go though. And, and this is, I'm going to play referee for a minute, maybe. All right. Because, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've devoured Challenger. I love it. Uh, I've quoted my book. I, I'm just like a raving fan. The research is fascinating. The timeliness of it coming out of last recession into now where we are is, is fascinating. Uh, but I know I'm also looking at my friend, Larry Levine, who wrote selling from the heart and in challenger, you did your research and the research discovered, I'm going to summarize it at the uh, 10th grade history level. Um, you know, the, the research said that challenger reps outsold relational reps a bazillion to one, like a challenger rep is way better than a relational rep. And I got Larry over here saying, we got to sell from the heart which means that a huge part of that is building authentic relationships. How does that gel with the research? I've, I've got a hunch at what the answer is, but I'm curious. I just want to let you two loose on this for a moment. So <laughs> go. I, I'm, I'm going to give the short version because then Brent's just going to, knowing Brent, he's just going to just motor on this one and I want him to. But, but, here, but here's what was interesting, and I learned this along the way is, you know, our listeners know I came out of the office technology channel. I spent my whole career in it. And as I started to move up the ranks and I got more comfortable with myself and I got a lot more confidence, I loved playing in the executive arena. I loved calling on big corporations and geeking out on business speak. That's stuff that just lit my fire. But I learned something along the way is until I really built a comfort zone with these people where they felt comfortable in sharing uncomfortable things with me, they started to open up. And the only way I could do that was to build a relationship with them based on sincerity, based on authenticity, that I was there to truly help and that I was doing things completely polar opposite of everybody else. And it took me a while in my career to figure that out. But once I did, it actually sped things up because now they were sharing things with me that they weren't sharing with other salespeople. So is Larry a challenger or is he a relational guy? 
Well, you asked me. I thought you were asking Larry. I'm sorry. Well, that was a really pregnant pause. I'm asking the universe. No, but you get what I was saying, right? I totally get what you're saying. But, you know, so, so, um, if we go back in time many, many years ago to when we first started publishing on this work, I mean, there is a certain element of um, positioning the research, um, not, you know, we've been accused of like, you're just, we were just trying to get eyeballs or get clicks and likes and shares. And so we use this very provocative language. It's, it's not really that, honestly, to really understand what's going on with the language and the positioning. Um, that's that, uh, you know, like the, the, that's all challenge your customer challenge your customer lays out in, in, in some ways, I'm so proud of that book because for, mm-hmm. for, for, for better force, because in challenge your customer, particularly, I think it's around challenge chapter three, I think it is where, where, um, in, and this is, this is a chapter that I spent a lot of time on, uh, breaking down what we call the A to B and, and so think, how do you break down the A and build up the B and, and, and create this essentially it's a, it's a, it's almost like, you know, back in like grade school or junior high or middle school, we learned how to diagram sentences. It's like how to diagram an insight, right? It's like, how do I break it down into component parts? and build it back up and create an insight. And it's incredibly powerful, not, not the book per se, that's too self-aggrandizing, but, but the concept that I'm trying to capture in that book is, is, is incredibly powerful. And it's, it's this idea that meaning is uh, constructed in, in contrasts. It's, it's like Hegelian dialectics, if you went to grad school and learned about this stuff, right? So it's about, mm-hmm. it's, you have a thesis and antithesis and meaning is created in the contrast between those two things. And that's really sort of where insight lives. But what's interesting about it is that's, that is, it's not the only way to create meaning, but it's a powerful way to create meaning and create insight and create thought. Um, and when you do that, it's, it turns out to be a powerful way to create a relationship with someone where someone will say, wow, hmm. it, because now, now I'm intrigued. Now, at least uh, if, if I'm at all curious, I, I was like, I wanted like you guys and we're all talking here because we're throwing out ideas. Like, what, what about this? And like, what about that perspective? What, how does this relate to that? And we're, you know, this is exactly, we're just like, we're trying to create or construct meaning and people naturally, many people, not everyone, but many people are naturally drawn to that. Uh, and as a result of that, you can, one walks away from that thing. Wow. I love talking to him or her because we had this great conversation that I feel like I learned something. I feel like I got a little smarter. And at the end of the day, for a lot of people, not everyone, that constitutes uh, the basis for a really powerful relationship. Because I, I love mm-hmm. talking to Larry because every time I talk to Larry, I feel like I get a little bit smarter. I feel like I, I look at the world just a little bit differently. I, he gives me nuance. He gives me power. And so, so it's not to say that relationships are not important. It's rather... I think what we found here is a shortcut to building better, longer lasting, more powerful and ultimately more valuable relationships than simply saying, hey, let's go to lunch sometime or let me stop by and check. Because it's not that relationships don't matter or do matter. It's just that what we were trying to really point out was and still is that much of what is much of what happens in the name of relationship building frankly isn't very effective at building relationships right so Ooh, that's good calling calling someone and saying hey i just want to check in and see how you're doing and see if mm-hmm. there's anything you need feels like i'm building the relationship you're really not it's like you're actually just bugging me right so it's like <laughs> it's just like no i'm, I'm good you can it's like it's like thank you, but no thank you, right? It's like, or saying, you know, I really, or just telling me that you value our relationship doesn't make me value our relationship, right? It's like, you know, it's like, hey, Brad, I I just want to let you know that you just, I just want to check in you because I really value our relationship. It's like, oh, well, 
gosh, if he or she values this relationship, maybe I better value it some more too. I better think about that. But why? And then actually, in some ways, it probably does more damage and good because if I go down that journey, realize I actually don't have a reason to value that relationship. So, so, so I think really insight is not so much relationship, yes or no. It's more the why. Why? Why does this relationship matter? How does this relationship matter? And, and I, I would imagine, Larry, as you've gone on this journey that you just described, one of the best ways to build world-class relationships is have something value to contribute to it, Yeah. right? Bring something to the table. Have something more than just like, you know, stock car tickets or NASCAR tickets or whatever, golf outings or, you know, it just, that, by the way, though, can I just say, how amazing must it have been to sell in the 70s? Oh, my God. I mean, this three martini lunch idea, that sounds amazing, <laughs> right? I was like, let's just all go out in the middle of the day and hang out for a couple hours and drink. It's like, it's, I've been told, by the way, for those who sold back then, it wasn't actually like that, but it sounds like, because, but anyway, so the, <laughs> I digress, the, um, I, I think if you were to ask me, like, what's a shortcut for building world-class relationships, it's have something valuable to share, bring it to the table, and gift it to the other person in a way that makes their lives better. It is your teacher, Larry, saying, you can do this. Let me help you. Let me help you make you better. That's the basis of relationship, and that's the basis of insight. And I think that's where we all align. That's where this thing comes full circle back around the other side. And I would simply say, look, if you're, it's not that relationships don't matter. The question is, what is the basis of that relationship? How are you thinking about that? What can you bring to the table that gets someone to say, man, that was amazing. I just, I feel smarter. I feel better about myself for talking to that person. I feel better. I feel more confident in myself and my ability to do my job, to wake up in the morning and feel just a little less bad about what I've got to go do today, a little more confident about what I've got to accomplish, a little bit more focused on what I need to get done, all because I talked to that person. And if you're solving for that, you're building world-class relationships, not just professionally, but probably personally. And I think professionally, one of the best ways, the shortest way to get to that kind of relationship is to have something that we call insight to bring to the table, Mm -hmm. to help that person think differently about where they're at. So good because, you know, when, wow, this can turn into a marathon podcast. And I'm just loving having this conversation because when you, when you start touching on relationship and, so I'm going to throw the word challenge out because I like challenging salespeople's thinking when I said, because well, I'll ask them all the time, Brent, do you have great relationships with your customers? Yeah. And of course, a vast majority of them are going to say yes, because nobody wants to publicly admit they got really horrible relationships. I said, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write down what a relationship looks like to you, Right. What do you think that relationship looks like? Then I want you to pick three or four of your favorite customers and ask them what's a relationship look like to them. And I bet you you're going to have completely different answers. And what I would encourage you to do is start eating what your customers tell you a relationship looks like for breakfast. Yeah. Cause it's going to be vastly different. And I, and I'm not saying I'm saying this just to, you know, go to where just to get us to think differently. Right. Yeah. Not to say that what a salesperson says is wrong. I'm just saying, Hey, you know what? Have you ever thought about this through your customer's eyes? Here's, here's a, here's a different way to think about it too, Larry, which I, um, cause one of the things I would imagine in answering the questions of your exercise, a lot, there's a tendency, I, I got to think 
for a lot of us to define relationships through the lens of time. So we denominate relationships with a, some sort of time metric, right? So that over time, your relationship gets stronger. Over time, you develop a relationship. This is how, this is how we talk about friendships as well, right? So I've just known that person forever, right? So we tend, I think, particularly, in, uh, we tend to take that mental model and port mm-hmm. it over from personal relationships to professional relationships and just equate, in some ways, relationships with time. And so this has been like, how do I build that relationship over time? And I've got a story I'll tell you in a second about this if you guys would like to hear it. But, the, um, but I think what's interesting is when I think about what I do with Insight every single day, is I live in breathe in this world of insight. That's all I do is as I spend time, I'm not selling, I don't have a quota. I'm essentially selling ideas. I guess you could think of it that way, right? Um, I can hop on the phone this afternoon with a head of sales or a head of marketing and you know, a C-suite officer at a big company or a small company and share with them what I think is an important insight about their organization, help them think differently and get them to say, wow, that was amazing. I want to do more with you, all right? And we hang up the phone. I've now known that person for maybe 45 minutes. Do I have a relationship with them? I don't know. By most definitions, I think the answer would be no, right? Because I've only known them for 45 minutes. I don't know the names of their kids. I don't know where they went to school. Maybe I started with a little you know, witty banter at the beginning, so I picked up some of that stuff. But what I did do is I established a foundation of, hey, when I talk to this guy, I get a little smarter. When I talk to this guy, I learn something. When I when I talk to this guy, Adamson, it's like, I, I, I think I understand the world a little differently, or I, I know mm-hmm. I've got different questions to ask that's, I'd like to talk to him or her. I'd like to, in this case, if I'm using me, is I'd like to talk to him again, right? So the, um, I, and, and I guess where I'm at is like, so is that a relationship? So, so in other words, in your exercise, Larry, I would exclude that. It's like, well, if you're telling me pick customers I have a relationship with, I wouldn't pick that person because I've only talked to them for 45 minutes. But if I use a different lens, which is pick people for, with who, pick people that you interact with, where that interaction has led them to say, I want to talk to that person again. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we need to call that a relationship or not, just but pick that. Let's use that as our metric. Instead of like relationship or not relationship, let's use they want to talk to you again or don't want to talk to you again. Right. Let's ah, that's there. I think that's it. Right. So, so let's say, so it's mm-hmm. not, would they say you have a relationship with them or not have a relationship with them? Rather, it's a, would they say, I want to talk to that person again or I don't want to talk to that person again? Find those people and ask, what did I do in that conversation? What did I say? How did I act? How did I behave? What did I bring to the table? What did I share that made them want to have that, that, that next conversation? And I would say rather than solving for relationships, solve for that. And what I have found is that the very, I, I now, I'm, it's, it's, I mean this sincerely, it's, it's insanely humbling. Um, some of the relationships I have built, particularly with heads of sales over the years, some of them are now just become just dear, dear friends of mine. And some, many of whom I've featured on the podcast, which is currently on hiatus called Lessons in Sales Leadership. The um, Different story, different time. But, uh, but, the, but these are now friends of mine. And the reason why I now have incredibly deep relationships with these individuals, personal friends of mine, is because it all started with a 45-minute conversation where I sat down and said, what about this? Um, and, and so it's like an order of operations thing. So we, we tend to think I need to have the relationship in the order to share the insight. What if it's mm. the other way around? What if it's the sharing of the insight that creates the relationship, becomes the basis, the starting point of that relationship? And 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 to me, that's who I gravitate to. The people, when I do what I do, at least when I'm doing it relatively well, and I'm sharing new ideas and getting people like, holy 
leap. I've never thought about that before. That's great. I want to talk to you again. I just gravitate to people like that. Not because I get to teach them, but because I get to learn from them. Yeah. Because that's like the next time I get to talk to them, I'm going to ask them more questions. They're going to share with me more perspectives. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make me smarter. It's going to help me understand my world a little bit better. And over time, they're going to feel like they got something out of it. They learned I feel like I got something out of it because I learned and what a great relationship because we mutually, we make each other better, right? We make each other smart. You complete me, right? But that's like, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, oh, that's, that's good stuff right there, right? I mean, that, that's what relationships are all about. I see. I love I'm that. Right now. I'm learning. This is great. Oh, this is great paradigm. Hey, I mean, hey, I've always this said, ther- dude, this was therapy, dude. I just, <laughs> I just, I've literally taken a page of notes on my own freaking podcast. <laughs> so good. I've always said, if you could summarize selling from the heart down to a math equation, which yeah. I, you know, probably is not the spirit of selling from the heart, Larry, but, uh, <laughs> but, I appreciate but if, you could, the idea. if you could summarize it down to a math equation, it would be authentic, uh, authentic relationship plus authentic value. Um, kind of that Stephen Covey, right? You've got to have trust and value to yeah. be able to, to go in. And, and I just, I think what's, what I've learned today, I've learned a lot of things today, but what you've got me thinking about is um, I think I've, I've uh, bought into, you have to have relationship to be able to deliver insight. And what if, and, and maybe in some cases it absolutely works that way, but what if the path to re- uh, relationship is delivering insight, you know, value first. And, and, you know, I mean, those two things work together, value and trust and and all of that. But um, yeah, very, very interesting. It's it's a bit, it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Because I don't mean to suggest like, look, if you already have a relationship with someone, that's fantastic. Use that. That's leverage. It's access. Then use that Mm -hmm. as a channel through which to deliver insight. Uh, to to help that uh, that 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 potential customer, current customer, understand themselves themselves better. The, one of the challenges with this, though, is that um, you know, Daryl, if you think about like pure hunters in the sales language, right? So if I'm mm-hmm. at new logo acquisition and I'm out just uh, trying to acquire new customers, I, by almost by definition, for most times, I don't have a relationship with those people unless they move from one company to another, and I knew them at the old company. But beyond, generally speaking. I don't quote unquote have a relationship. So if I, if I come at this from this perspective, I need to have a relationship in order to challenge and I'm a hunter. Well then I guess I can't challenge because I don't have relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, well, so mm-hmm. what if you flip it on its head and think, well, actually this is the way to, to build those relationships is be valuable, have something to say that will help that person feel differently, not about you, but mm-hmm. help them feel differently about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What you are ultimately solving for everything I have learned over the last 12 years and all of our research is challenger related, but goes well beyond the challenger work is that the thing you're solving for, this is in fact, the, our biggest finding from the last year and a half, I think, is that a lot of this comes down to this idea of confidence. This is a second podcast. We'll have to do some other time, but it, but it's not, do your customers feel confident in you? It's the question we have to solve for is to what degree do your customers feel confident in themselves and their ability to make good decisions on behalf of their organization. And ultimately I think challenger and insight is not only the way it's, it's a way, but it's a really powerful way to have that kind of impact on someone to help them feel more confident, not in you, but in confident in themselves. That's what we ultimately have to solve for. And I truly believe this isn't just about selling anymore. It's like here we, all joking aside, have stepped into just the world of personal and human relationships. Going back, Larry, to where you want to go with relationships. The best way to build world-class, or that sounds very technical or very salesy, but deep relationships, meaningful relationships, is to help people around you think more positively, not about you, 
but to help people around you feel more positive about themselves. And that's how you become a force of nature. That's how you become someone powerful in the world is by empowering others. And God, that sounds so cliche, but it's so true is that you help yourself by helping others. And that's, I think, to me, it always been very personal with Challenger is what it's really all about is how can I just maybe, just maybe have a positive impact on the people around me and help them feel better about themselves. And I think that's, that is the, 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 that's the ultimate Urquell, oh, that's German. What's Urquell in English? It's like the, the ultimate, the source, the, the spring, the, the, the fountain of relationships. That's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got all German on you there for a minute. <laughs> Larry, I, wow. Uh, My head's like in a thousand different places, gentlemen. What do we do? <laughs> We said we talked about a single thing you guys want to talk about today. I don't know, but it's like oh. it's, it's like I, I'm like the you know like you just wind me up and get me going, and I just kind of oh, this is so good. Around. I can't believe we're, around. Around. <laughs> we're wait we're over time. We got it. We're oh, our, we're always our, quote time. unquote drive time podcast people of you know we're driving um, to Canada, people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent, what an amazing conversation! I I can't wait to have the second part of this conversation. Oh, let's keep it going if you guys about. want. That's so uh, much to talk about is so good. And, um, I've been, I've been just so looking forward to having, uh, this conversation around challenger versus relational. And I love the way this came together. I feel challenged and inspired. So, well, I, you you know, I, there's a whole second conversation we've got to have, which is, but I think I may have actually answered my own questions part of this podcast. So I just so deeply appreciate you guys being willing to set and just listen to me rant for an hour because, because Larry, you know, this idea is like, you need to start by with your own authentic self and finding your authentic self. And I so deeply believe that, but my, my, deep dark questions what if you go in search of yourself and don't find who you are right? like what if you don't know uh and, and I, I think what i've kind of come to realize at this podcast is maybe there is the answer is maybe the answer to who you are lies not within you but without you outside of you uh, and uh and it's the meaning the impact that you have on others doesn't just give meaning to them it ultimately reflects back and gives meaning to you and i just this is so so powerful uh and, and and whether you call that challenge or whether you call it insight or whether there's some other there's, i'm sure there's other ways to do that but by making the world around you just a little bit better and helping people feel just a little bit better about themselves you ultimately truly do find your authentic self i think and that's that's pretty powerful boy wow. hey, i'm gonna listen to this podcast probably every week for the next who knows <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I'm gonna have Brent. I don't know. It's just it's just the rantings and ravings of an old bald dude. Is really what it is. But, Welcome but, to the Sonic from the Heart podcast. Right, but, <laughs> but but if you guys are ever curious, this is literally the kind of stuff that goes on in my head all the time. It's like welcomes like it's like living inside my head. It is just it's just a swirl of just confusion most of the time. Hey, I, but I've every once in a while, I'm dying to ask yeah. one question before we sign. Yeah, what's that, Larry? How many cups of coffee do you drink in the morning? Uh, Zero. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, I am a. I just mainline caffeine. I'm, I'm on my third <laughs> kind of diet coke this morning. So and then, and at some point, I think I shouldn't drink all this diet coke, so I switched to iced tea. So there you go. But there no, it's go. just it, it's this passion. I just I, I, it's hard. I don't even I don't know how to explain it. But when I start talking about these things, I just it's like this bottled up energy that he's like, God, you just want to get this out and just understand because I just. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this, this could get real personal. We don't need to go there, but I mean, this is, I just, I just want to understand the world a little bit better. That's all I want. Uh, And I think that's all any of us want. Right. Um, So there you go. 
that's that's so that's my two cents. Well, we'll we'll continue this conversation at some point because this has just been way too much fun. Uh, Brent, <laughs> thank you. Um, if you don't own a copy of the Challenger Sale and Challenge Your Customer, get out from under your rock. Go to Amazon, buy a copy. Particularly if your kitchen table has, yeah, if your kitchen table is, if it's got two wobbly legs, <laughs> you get both books. I'm telling, but hey, for what it's worth, just because people ask me, and it's just, it's such a tactical. Uh, the um the Challenger IP when when Gartner spun off the Challenger your training company um, sold the books with it. It's always been company IP. It's never been personal IP, but literally I don't even work for the company that owns the rights to the book. So I have no skin in it. Like, literally no skin in this game one way or other than my name is attached to the idea. Um, I talk about this stuff because I just, I believe in it. I, I just, yeah. I just believe in it. Uh, and, and I've seen it work over and over and over again in sales organizations. I think the story I find more interesting, honestly, is it's really not about selling. It's about living. It's, it's just about, it's a story about how we can just interact with others. And that's, that to me is what's so cool about it. Beautiful. Well, Brent, thank you everybody in the audience, uh, selling from the heart community. We appreciate you. We look forward to seeing you in the insiders group uh, till next week. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, take a journey of self-discovery, make the world a better place. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the selling from the heart podcast on the Salescast network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.